Hey guys, welcome back to Ronin Rabbit, episode 85. This is a Usagi Ojimbo fan podcast. I am your host, Ed Moore. BigTimeNoise.com slash Rabbit is the website. Feel free to leave comments there. Google Plus has a Ronin Rabbit page. I post the episodes on the Usagi Ojimbo Dojo Facebook page. Um, while you're there, like them so that you can follow them. Awesome, awesome Usagi place. And usagipodcast at gmail.com if emailing is your thing. Now, Usagi Yojimbo, Volume 3, Issue 12, is the subject, cover dated April 1997. The story is entitled The Obake Niko of the Gaishu Clan. Our dramatis personae are Mayamoto Usagi, Tomoe Ame, Murakami Genosuke, uh, both of those we haven't seen in a little while, and Lady Takagi. Now, the story opens with Usagi walking, as he normally does, a la um, Kung Fu. I think the television show Kung Fu always showed dude walking somewhere on his journey, signifying that he is on a never-ending journey, I, I would imagine. Usagi is playing a flute, and he realizes as he's walking and playing the flute that, hey, I've been here before, maybe, or I've seen this place before. It looks familiar, but uh, as much as I've been traveling, I suppose all places are going to start looking familiar. But then he realizes he has been here because he wanders out into a clearing and comes upon the ruins of Lady Takagi's mansion, he says. And then we have the little as he goes back in time, and we come to a period right after the Dragon Bellow Conspiracy storyline, where he is traveling with the Niko Ninja Clan, uh, Genosuke and Tomoe, as they have finished up. The Niko Ninja Clan goes on their way, leaving Tomoe, Usagi, and Genosuke to try to get back to the Gaishu territory, to the um, Gaishu Clan castle, so that word of what has gone on can be passed to Lord Noriyuki, who was marshalling forces to come against Lord Tamakuro as he was um, rising up to throw down the shogunate. So they're journeying, and they come upon what Tamoe calls a checkpoint. But honestly, it looks like more than that. It looks like a it's, it's a big, long uh, wall, a bamboo wall with a gate in it. So, I mean, it's I don't know if maybe that is the entrance into another's lands, or but that seems awful extensive, uh, a fortification just to be a checkpoint. But uh, they realize that they, they don't want to just rush in and kill the soldiers, so that tells us that they are on the Tamakuru side, and that these are still loyal Tamakuru soldiers who are not aware of what has transpired maybe less than a day ago. Uh, messengers, I guess, perhaps have not gotten to them yet. So they go trying to pass as Tamakuro uh, retainers. That fails. Battle ensues. All of the soldiers, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, are killed. And all three, well, two of them, um, Usagi and Tomoe, uh, are um, put off by the needless waste of life. You know, I'm, I mean, they're not going to not do anything and sacrifice themselves in this situation. But it's a shame that something could not be done to prevent anyone from having to die 
and of course, better them than me, um, which I'm pretty sure is what most of us would think. So, Genosuke is very nonplussed. He's like, eh, gotta do what, what you gotta do. It's, it's, you know, it's no big deal. So they pass through, and they continue wandering, and then it's starting to get dark. And they know, because of the time of the month, there's not going to be moonlight to allow them to see. Which is something that Usagi said at the beginning of this story, which also helped him. It, it was a same situation as what he ran into when he first encountered Lady Takagi. So that is the the connection, as well as finding her deserted, decrepit mansion now. And as they're walking, they're trying to figure out, you know, we need to find a place to stay because we're not going to be able to travel. No, no light. It'll be the darkest that it is. So I would assume a new moon situation. And Lady Tokagi intercepts and says, I I can't help but have overheard. You're more than welcome to stay with me. I have plenty of room. Um, (laughs) There's plenty of room at the inn. Yeah, it's not an inn. But anyways, um, and Usagi makes introductions. And for me, it was kind of interesting because we run into uh, Genosuke's full name, which we normally don't see when he interacts with Usagi. The reference is typically just Genosuke, but we see that his name is Murakami Genosuke. Uh, we get the full name. Tomoeame we have seen before because she is a she's a higher up retainer of the Gaishu clan, so uh, the more formal introductions of, of her are typically made. So they finish Lady Takage uh, finish, excuse me, follow Lady Takage home, and interestingly enough, on the journey, uh, Lady Takage in conversation says, uh, "We have long been supporters of Lord Madaichi, Lady Tomoe," and Tomoe says, "But Lord." Madaichi died years ago. His son, Noriyuki, is now head of the clan. And Lady Takage says, Oh, oh yes, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm so forgetful sometimes. So right there is perhaps an inkling that something um, odd is going on. So Takage leads them in. She produces food for them. And we see uh, some personality traits here. Tomoe is eating gently. Usagi is eating gently. Genosuke is eating like a pig making noises and and slurping up his food and everything. And then those are three panels. And then a final fourth panel, uh, Tomoe says, oh, I can't eat another bite. And Usagi uh, enjoins with, ah, uh, oh, neither can I. And Genosuke says, are you, fin- are you are you going to finish that? Can, can I have that? Uh, showing just how much a pig he is. But not to... Uh, put him down, but he understands as a Ronin that it's hard to know exactly when his next meal would be. So, you know, he's taking advantage of the food. So, full bellies, uh, sleep time. Tomoe goes in search of the lady of the house to ask about sleeping arrangements. She rounds a corner and sees down the corridor a figure uh, kneeling in front of an oil lamp, and the figure... uh, gets into the lamp and, and bends down and starts lapping at the oil. And Tom, Tom, Tomoe gasps, and the figure turns and looks at her, and you see it has cat eyes. And then on the next page, the next panel, you see that f- that same image lit. Like the first time she looked, it was in d- darkness. But then upon completing the turn looking at Tomoe, it is in the light, and you can see that it is a very cat-like figure, and Tomoe... Uh, exclaims, 
Abake Nico. She was drinking the oil. And then she darts back to Usagi and Gen calling for help, only to be waylaid by a fiery blast from the mouth of Lady Takage that sets her kimono on fire to some extent. And she goes running uh, through through the, the window, the, the wall of the building, uh, to get outside and, and sees a well and jumps down in the well to put the flames out. Uh, which she does, but now she realizes that she is many feet down into the well without a way to climb back up. So she's kind of gotten herself stuck there. Eventually, Usagi realizes that he hasn't heard from her in a while, and he goes in search. Uh, meanwhile, Genosuke, feeling comfortable enough, which is interesting for his uh, occupation and, and state of mind, he, he falls asleep. And as Usagi is walking, he enters a particular part of the castle and he kind of shivers and thinks, wow, there's a a sudden chill in the air. And the camera angle is such that we can see past Usagi up on the ceiling and we see a figure crawling across the ceiling, kind of like um, one of those, whichever one it appeared in, but the, the Japanese horror movies that came over here in a rash several years ago. There were four or five of them, like O and... uh dark water or black water, something like that, and the, the, the creature crawling across the ceiling, or a vampire. There was a movie where a female vampire climbed up the wall, and anyways. Um, so Gen is sleeping. We see several panels of him sleeping, the candle burning out, him sleeping, the candle burning out, showing time is, is passing, and also showing that eventually the candle is going to go out. And as Usugi, Usugi, excuse me, as Usagi is continuing his searching for Tomoe, he hears his name very, very softly. And he realizes that's Tomoe, and he goes in search and sees where she crashed through the wall, runs up to the well, and sees that she's down in the well. Well, at the same time, the Lady Takage Obake Niko um, finds Gen and starts messing with him, getting closer and closer, just as she is about to suck the life out of him. She indicates that's what she's going to do. Uh, she's kind of proud of herself, actually. One of the companions she put on fire, uh, set on fire, one she's going to suck the life out of, and then that'll leave just Usagi to have to deal with however, you know, left, basically. But just as she's about to attack, um, Usagi and Tomoe rush into the room, yelling Gen's name, waking him up. Lady Takage does manage to, or actually, I guess it's not Lady Takage. I, I should refer to her as the Obake Niko. Uh, slashes it again, hits him, and um, must have poison claws because he he suffers a little bit and then falls unconscious as Usage and Tomoe drive the demon off. They then turn their attention to the demon who attempts to draw all of the air out of the room, suffocating. Usagi and Tomoe, they run outside. Um, the demon chases after them, swishes past them very close, knocking him to the ground, lighting up in a tree, and from the tree attacks via uh, quills or maybe their claws from its hand. It's, it's kind of hard to tell, but either way, it's, it's a, a missile attack of these. They look like quills to me, and one does manage to hit Tomoe and immediately numbs her arm. Uh, alluding, I suppose, to the fact that they too are poisoned, just like her physical claws were when she attacked Genosuke. So he's out. 
Tomoe is out now, so that leaves just Usagi to take care of the demon. Following the demon, uh, Usagi tells Tomoe to go get help. Uh, the Nor- Noriyuki troops should be nearby as they have been marshaled and are marching in that direction. Go get them, tell them what's going on, and come back and help me take care of this demon. I will hold it off for as long as I can. So he attacks. Um, the demon tries to put the whammy on him via its eyes, tries to hypnotize him, and he, he almost falls prey, but he, he shakes himself out of it. Then the demon attacks physically with... a looks like it's a, it's a wind attack, but it might be a flame wind attack. Uh, he drops his sword, which clatters over the side of the building that he's in. Physically, now the demon jumps onto Usagi because he is downed at the edge of the roof. Usagi does manage to draw his uh, short sword, his wakasashi, which he still had in his belt, attacks the demon with just a beautiful stroke that hits it right at the um, hinge point of the jaw all the way across. So basically, he cuts the top portion of the head loose from the bottom portion of the head, which I, I thought was just awesome. So the finish of the fight is the two figures tumbling off the roof. They have slid off the roof. Uh, Usagi, and we see the... the um, remaining part of the demon up top with half of its head gone and then the spirit of the demon fluttering off as it has been released because of the the death per se of the physical vessel that it was in usagi falls stands up and and starts to kind of trip and stumble his way and then in the final panel of that page we see him where he has fallen laying face down on the ground he's awakened by mariko or wait a minute mariko no, no, no. He, he shakes his head and realizes it's Tomoe. Um, she has gotten there with the rest of the Gaishu clan that had marched um, because of the um, conspiracy that they were trying to put down, the uprising. Uh, Genosuke appears to be okay, so they're all there. And we have one of the retainers who was born and raised in this area, and he uh, relays the story this home belonged to Lord Takagi, a samurai of terrible temper. Once in a fit of rage, he slew his wife. She had a faithful cat who lapped up her blood as she lay dying and disappeared soon after. A year passed, and Lord Takagi took a new wife, a beautiful creature with long silken hair. One moonless night, with no warning, she butchered Lord Takage and the entire household before she was slain. People say she was the first wife's faithful cat returned as an obakeniko to exact revenge for her mistress. That was 25 years ago, and Takage Mansion has been vacant ever since. Um, and so the three, uh, Tomoe, Usage, and Genosuke, have that look on their face because they're like, abandoned, you know, she was just here last night, and yada yada. So, uh, much as you would expect the ghost story to, to um, culminate from the perspective of the survivors of that story. So now we uh, come back to present, and Usagi is thinking as he's looking at the ruins, I'm glad that's over. I would never want to go through that again. The Obake Niko is dead, but you can never know with supernatural creatures. After all, it was slain once before. It all began with a beguiling voice on a moonless night, a night like tonight. And then something behind Usagi says, Excuse me, samurai... 
and you would assume it must be a beguiling voice because Usagi runs away uh, screaming yow, and we see that the um, voice came from the wife of the husband and wife of the woodchoppers as they're there asking where the nearest how to get from this point to the Gaishu capital, which is where they're going um, with their bundles of firewood, probably to sell them to try to make some money. So a little humor, and and we see the uh, wood gatherers here who are also ongoing characters. They return after an absence of a while. And so that finishes up the main story. Um, The word Ubake Niko, or, or ghost cat, was pretty much the only new phrase that we're introduced to. Next episode, I'll be talking about Usagi Color Special, Green Persimmon, as the book goes on a mini hiatus in preparation for a major storyline that is coming out next called Grass Cutter. Now, in the letters page, there's a rather lengthy story note that I want to read to you guys. So those of you that aren't interested, uh, I'm letting everyone know now. Uh, I do apologize about reading this. I know that sometimes being read to can be kind of a a boring proposition, especially when you're listening. Uh, I mean, just listening, you're not interacting in any way. But this this has got a lot of good information, and I didn't want to paraphrase anything for fear of of changing meanings or, or intent or anything like that. So we're told that uh, there's a Japanese saying: "Feed a dog for three days, and he will remember your kingdom for three years. Remember your kindness for three years. Feed a cat for three years, and she will forget your kindness in three days." The first cats were introduced to Japan by Fujiwara no Sanosuke, a nobleman at the court of Emperor Ichijo, who was emperor from 987 to 1011. They were imported from China and were called hand-fed tigers. They were very popular pets, but were soon looked upon with suspicion and even fear. Besides being ungrateful, cats are destructive by nature. They tear straw tatami mats, make holes in paper shoji doors, sharpen their claws on wooden pillars. They're also very fond of the oil and lamps and will often lap them dry. Hence the scene where Tomoe ran into the demon. The Japanese looked upon cats as being under a curse. Only the cat and serpent did not weep at the death of the Buddha. In fact, the cat killed the rat that was sent to get medicine. Like foxes and badgers, cats are able to bewitch human beings, hence the scene where the demon was trying to bewitch Usagi. Cats are also able to control the dead, even making them dance. Cats have a natural tendency to become nikomata, or goblin cats. This can only be controlled by cutting off their tails, which was a common practice performed on kittens. When a nikomata in ages, it becomes an obakeniko, uh, sometimes called kaiobyo, literally translates as supernatural cat, though it is also called a ghost cat or a vampire cat. And if I'm not saying those correctly, please, please forgive me. There's no single Western equivalent to this creature. Not only old cats, but also those killed or wronged by a person can become Obake Niko to take revenge. There's a well-known story of the Obake Niko of Saga Castle. During the Edo period, Lord Nebishima, an avid player of the board game Go, challenged a blind champion, Matahichiro Ryazoji, to a game. When it appeared that he was going to lose, Lord Nebishima lost his temper and killed Matahichiro. The blind man left an aged mother who, learning of her son's death, killed herself in grief. 
He also left a pet cat, Tama, who lapped up the woman's blood, uh, his blind mother, and became an Obakeniko, and to this day is responsible for strange occurrences in the castle. Not all cats are regarded with malice, however. Sailors at this time prized cats, especially the three-colored Makeniko. People who drown at sea never find rest, but lurk in the waves and shout and wail as ships go by, extending their arms from the white caps in an effort to grab a victim. Cats, with their control over the dead, can keep these spirits away. The Monake Kaniko, or beckoning cat, is found in a spot of honor in many shops because the cat with its raised paw invites customers in. That's a, I think, perhaps what's going on. There's a Twitter feed called... Um, uh, about cats in, in little stores and things. Bodega. Bodega Cats is the Twitter feed, and it has it, they post pictures of cats in various little places like that. The sleeping cat carving of Niko Shrine, the buried place of Shogun Takagawa Aishu, is said to keep the area free of mice and will wink its eye with approaching rain. Much of the research for the story came from Yokai Yurai, uh, Dahiyaku, excuse me. Many Unnatural and Ghost Stories is the translation of the title. Thanks to Bill Mimbu for sending me this book and to my parents, Akio and Taruko Sakai for translating the sections on Obakeniko and Kiabio. Also used were Myth and Legends of Japan by F. Hadlin Davis, Japanese Animal Art, Antique and Contemporary by Lee Batten, The Mystery of Things, Evocations of the Japanese Supernatural by Akiji Samayoshi and Patrick Lanastura, Glimpses of Unfamiliar Japan by Lafcadio Hearn, and Obake, Ghost Stories in Hawaii by Glenn Grant. So, there we go. And that officially marks the end of the episode. Thanks for hanging in there with me, guys, for that. Um, I hope some of that was of interest to some of you, at least. And I will talk to you next time about the Usagi Ujimbo Color Special Green Persimmon. Ciao. The Ronin Rabbit Podcast is a teal production, and as such, is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution, Non-Commercial, Non-Derivatives, 3.0, Unported License.